Welcome to The Producer Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Versman, and today we're continuing our discussion with Hannah Bartlett, the creative producer from Bartlett Idea Co. Last time we talked to Hannah about her filmmaking journey as well as her pre-production process. Today we're excited to talk to her about Bartlett Idea Co.'s work with different law enforcement agencies as well as post-production. So without further ado, let's get started. So I've really enjoyed watching you and Andrew kind of niche into the law enforcement realm over the last couple years. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to look just at projects and working kind of in that uh, sphere of clients, I guess you could say. So I guess to start, just kind of briefly talk about how you guys first got started doing work with law enforcement yeah so i think it was in 2017 i believe that there was a road reel competition and andrew really wanted to enter and he had always wanted to work with our local law enforcement and when this competition came up basically we cold called the fargo police department and just said hey can we come in and do this little mini documentary slash promotional film um, for you guys at, at no cost and just for this competition. And um, I think at first it was kind of hesitant because it, uh, it was a cold call, right? Like mm-hmm. we didn't really know anyone personally there. They didn't know us. But as we they agreed to do it and we worked with them on the project and really just kind of humanizing the badge a little bit there with that project. And they were really excited with how it turned out and everything. So from there they asked us to help out with some music videos. And um, they had one of their officers who is a rapper. And so he and another rap artist uh, did a music video together really just for the community and to bring like unity and stuff for the community. And so we did uh, three or four of those different music video projects. And then they needed a new recruitment film. And so at that point is when we started working with them on specifically doing a promo recruitment film and we just loved it we loved working with them we loved working with officers getting to know them individually and as people and really decided that's kind of more where we would love to niche and so um, from there is where we kind of started getting more into the recruitment film side of things and we're also hoping to like start a podcast of telling their stories and like an instagram page Um, so just all from these different aspects of being able to tell their stories and it's something we're really passionate about nice so entering the realm of law enforcement i mean obviously it's a very there's a lot that goes on in that world what have you done to kind of help learn or understand it better so that then when you're on these projects and recreating different situations in that you know you're doing it realistically I think the biggest thing is communication. We really dive into with the officers or the deputies or whoever it happens to be. We dive in with them to make sure that, first of all, we're hitting their goals and their audience and and what they want to do with the project, but also that we're making it realistic. Um, Because for recruitment films, the audience is going to be other people in law enforcement or wanting to get into law enforcement. They'd be able to tell pretty quick if you 
if you did something where it's like not realistic or whatever. Um, so we try to keep that as real as possible by just communicating, asking them, okay, how would you guys do this? Because personally, Andrew and I, I mean, we're not in law enforcement, right? So we don't always know how would they deal with a situation or how would they um, react to a certain thing. And so Andrew will often, for the film, create different scenarios. And since a lot of these officers, they're not actors, of course, right? But Mm -hmm. we want to make them feel as comfortable as possible. So we'll just create these scenes or scenarios where maybe they're walking down the sidewalk and greeting people all the way up to the more intense, you know, the SWAT team comes in for a, a situation that needs to be dealt with. So we try to create these scenarios for them to then act in. But, um... Yeah, really, communication is a huge part of that, and it's kind of interesting because typically the personality types that that work in law enforcement are very black and white, kind of straightforward, organized. They're also good, really good communicators. And so as a producer, you have to learn to be like okay with just that blunt communication at times, that black Mm -hmm. and white, really straightforward, back and forth, but then also in being the one doing the interviews is really fun because they're really good at doing interviews. <laughs> not, not all the time. And you still have to, you know, work with them to maybe coax them to be comfortable or whatever in front of the camera. But typically speaking, like they're just, they're really good at communicating and at working with other people because that's a big part of their job. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned some of the different moments like the SWAT team and that what type of precautions do you have to take when you're going to be doing that or like a car chase or something so that the public's not freaking out and calling the actual cops thinking something bad is happening? Right. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I've done that I've found has worked really well is making sure again, that we're communicating with the department because if, you know, somebody's walking down the street or somebody's concerned they're probably going to have a little bit less trust in some random person who says, hi, we're doing this film project, everything's good or whatever. But hearing directly from the law enforcement or the law enforcement may be doing a post on social media saying, hey guys, we're doing this car chase from this street to this street at this time. It's not a real chase. This is for a film project. You know, just kind of letting the community know what's happening and when. One story from a project that we did, we were actually had the bomb squad And so the bomb team uh, actually set off a bomb for the, for the film. And this was in a parking garage in the downtown area. And so um, we were, wanted to make sure that everything was safe and it wasn't an actual bomb. Like, you know, it was more one of their uh, things they use for practice or whatever. Like it was very safe and all of that, but we wanted to make sure that the community didn't hear the explosion and start worrying. And so the police department, you know, made sure to let the community know. And then we also had a couple of uh, crew members that would stand at certain points and just make sure they would be wearing like an orange vest or whatever. Just make sure that people driving by or in the area knew what was going on and that everything was safe. Um, So, yeah, just having those precautions with the community through the law enforcement, but then also on your crew, making sure that you're communicating with them. And that they're able to communicate with passersby or or locals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. And kind of tying into that with working with the crew, what are some maybe different safety issues you have to think about 
when it comes to the crew or some of the different actors you're bringing in to film the situations? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say typically we probably make sure that the officers are the ones taking the charge on that. Okay. Um, because they're really good at safety. They know how to handle things. And we don't ever, you know, fire the guns on set unless the only time I think we've done that is at like a shooting range where it's very specifically, you know, meant for that. And it was a, we had the firing range. I don't know what what you call them, but the guys who are like the safety guides, like they make sure everything's safe. Mm -hmm. So every time we wanted to do anything, we would ask them. So when our DP, you know, who was also camera opping, wanted to get a certain angle while the guys were, were firing, he would make sure to go up to the safety guys and just ask them, hey, are you okay if I stand here while they stand here? And they would say yes or no. So just kind of keeping an eye and making sure that, especially the morning of, you know, maybe a scene that's a little bit more challenging or has more things involved that you're communicating with your crew and that they know to be respectful and to be asking the right people what's safe and what isn't. Now on the big project we did back in January, we actually had several hours of prep just for a specific scene that was a little bit more challenging with a chase. And we had multiple different vehicles and things involved. And so we specifically had about 30 or 40 people out there from the law enforcement agency, from all of our crew, of course, anybody else that was communications, like with the public and that type of thing. So anybody that, that was going to be on set on the actual shooting day, we had there on the prep day to make sure that everybody knew what they were doing. So really a lot of the safety stuff is in the pre-production and in the communicating and making sure that um, people know what's going to be happening so mm -hmm. that they can then be as safe as possible. Okay. Yeah, for sure. You kind of talked about this earlier, but obviously the officers are real law enforcement officers, but how have you gone about finding a lot of the extras or other kind of bigger actor roles, whether it's a bad guy or whatever for these projects. Yeah. So typically what I'll do for that is I will start out with communicating directly with my point of contact with the department. And so I'll be asking him or her just, okay, who do you think, you know, is going to be good for this? Andrew would love to see a scene where, you know, you can, you can fill in the blank. Maybe it's a, a family having a picnic together or maybe it's some officers um, hanging out at a skateboard park with some kids, right? And so we want to make sure that as much of that as possible is lined up ahead of time and we're not just using random passersby, especially, you know, if you're on a time crunch and you have crew and, you know, you really need to get the shot. So I'll work with the point of contact on that and usually she'll send me some different options and some some photos of some different people who she thinks would be a good fit for the project and then I'll get in touch directly with that person. One thing that I've learned is not to just rely on your point of contact as amazing and as organized as they may be. Um, it can be very easy with a bigger project for things to get miscommunicated and to have the person who is acting or the, the kids that need to show up, you know, to, to not be there at three o'clock because they heard otherwise from the other person, mm -hmm. right? So once we've kind of chosen who those people are, then I'll be in direct communication with them um, to make sure we have the wardrobe, the time, 
any other questions they might have, you know, about the project or how long it will take. That way we can kind of directly go back and forth. Have you found working with law enforcement, are there any like unique challenges that you haven't really encountered working with a lot of these other clients, but seem to be pretty common when doing projects with them? One thing I think is that officers are typically used to, they're used to working as a team. They're used to, you know, uh, working under authority and leadership and maybe being told what to do, working really hard, communicating well, all of those things. And so sometimes that can make them a little bit more black and white or straightforward, right? Um, And so there was one thing, one time when Andrew wanted this certain scene to happen and the one officer that we were working with, he was like, well, so I think we should do it this way. Like, this is how my team usually does it. It's like this and this and this and this. And it's like really cool. And I want that to be on camera, you know? And so Andrew, for him, he just really had to listen to what they had to say and then tone it down to what was realistic for the project and for that scene. So yeah, just kind of listening and being good at communicating and also being really prepared with answers because, you know, they just want to straight up, what are we doing? How are we doing this? Right. But also I think, like I mentioned earlier, creating those scenes for them, right? Instead Mm -hmm. of just, okay, now walk forward. They're going to go, ah, what am I supposed to do, right? They're used to working in challenging scenarios. And so give them that scenario, you know, whether it's, okay, we're going to be in this coffee shop and have you interacting with the locals. Let them actually have that conversation and just uh, let it flow. Or maybe it's a scene where they're rescuing somebody, you know, having the whole scene played out where, okay, this girl got lost and then she broke her ankle and now you're rescuing her. You're giving them context for that scene and and what they're supposed to be doing. I will say that in working with law enforcement, they are essentially being producers themselves because they are helping connect us to the locals and to locations and, and actors and things we may need for the recruiting film. And I found that they are very good at it. Like, excellent in fact one of our recent clients they went above and beyond to the point where we were saying no it's okay if we can't have the helicopter it's okay if we can't have this or can't have that like it's like it's just an idea we'd be happy to have it but don't stress yourself out about it because they were just going above and beyond and doing an excellent job of making sure we had everything we needed um so i will say that is something different then typically clients are like, oh, okay, well, I guess we can, you know, get you this location for this long. I mean, they're great to work with, but typically you have to push and pull a little bit to try to get the location Mm -hmm. you want or the right um, actors or interviewees or something. But I feel like in law enforcement, they're, they're on it. Like you say something you want and they're already a step ahead of you. So that's been kind of fun to work with. Nice. Obviously you're doing some very unique and at times dangerous situations on these projects. So what's been the process like in finding and getting like insurance coverage for some of these projects? Yeah, so typically when we've done some of our smaller projects in the Midwest, we'll get insurance that just covers those days of production, um, if it's even needed. For a lot of the really small stuff, you know, um, we don't do it for all of those. But if we're having, you know, more people and crew and and locations, we do try to get that. But however, when, as soon as we started jumping into doing stuff in California, there's a lot more requirements for insurance. 
So I talked with my local um, insurance provider who does Andrew and I's insurance and just said, hey, what do you guys have available for film insurance, right? And in the Midwest, that's not like a super as common of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so her and I had to really work to make sure we had everything covered that met all the requirements um, that would cover, you know, the rental gear and cover all the different locations and aspects of what we were doing. It was it was really challenging challenging because there was so many details and we had to get a COI for every different like city or location that we were working with. So she would have to like, you know, fill out each one and send it to me. And um, so next time I think I would definitely get that process going sooner um, just so that we would have time to not doing all of it right up to the wire, you know, with what's needed for insurance. But the nice thing about having that now is it's basically our company's year round insurance. Okay. Right. So other projects that we do now, we don't need to get that just three days of insurance for that project or whatever. It covers our company through the whole year. So it is more expensive, but it does make you feel better. Kind of just having that there and knowing that you don't have to go through that process again if there's another project we do later in the year. Awesome. What is, because you said you do a lot of the editing. So what's the post-production process look like for you as a producer? Yeah, so typically um, Andrew is DIT. So he will do on set, do all the offloading and everything, make sure that's all organized and backed up. And then once we're home and that's all organized, he's done that, then I'll take over and I'll start the project. So I will, um, you know, organize the files and everything in the project. I'll get the interviews started, go through several drafts of that with the interviews and kind of get Andrew's approval on on the flow of the interviews and, and how he likes how it's flowing and everything and if it's matching his vision. And then I'll go in and add B-roll. So I'll basically get the project in editing as far as I can before Andrew comes in. And he's usually a little bit more of the finesser, right? So he comes in and he'll, oh, let's tweak this. Let's tweak this. Let me try this line here or this um, B-roll shot over here or here. So I do a lot of the work up front. And then he'll come in and make sure that it's that last 20 to 30%. You know, he's really good at pushing for detail and for perfection and stuff on the creative side so he'll come in and do that sometimes we'll go back and forth on projects a little bit depending on uh, what we have going on because he does web work as well so if he's doing a website project you know I'll focus more heavily on the editing if we have two edits going at the same time he may take over one and I'll do the other Um, but typically I do a lot of the editing and then this is something that I'm working on um, as well as just having a little bit more of a clear cut process for my producing in the post-production because it can be, I think it can be so easy to get home. The shoot's done. Everybody is alive. (laughs) Right. And um, just to kind of relax and be like, okay, my job's done, but it's really not, you know, you definitely still have a lot more work to do of making sure everybody gets paid and reimbursed. And um, you know, that's something I'll do right away after a project. And then also, you know, communicating with the client, make sure that they know where the project's at, sending drafts back and forth when when the time comes with the client, making sure all the receipts and budget are organized and put in place and also like release forms. I'm usually the one doing a lot of that or at least organizing it afterwards. You know, what I would love to do is set up 
like a file system where every project, you know, you have all the release forms there. Because I like to keep all of those just in case there's issues down the road. Mm -hmm. So kind of the post producing side of things is something that I'm working on getting more of a process for because I do think it's it's a really important part of the process and of the project yeah no definitely like I don't really have much of one yet myself especially since most of the time I'm the only one working on the post side so it's just deal with it as each thing comes up but that would definitely be helpful to have something more clear-cut so I've got a couple more wrap-up questions here. First, what's one thing you wish you would have known when you first were getting started as a producer? I think when I first was getting started as a producer, I wish that I would have known about using the budget and using the producing process as a creative tool. You know, for me, thinking more logistically, it can be easy to get stuck in those details of like, well, this is going to work or not work or budget or whatever, but really thinking, okay, how can I use this to tell the story and support the director and his vision? Um, And then another thing too, I guess, is just really how important systems and processes are. That's huge. You know, just being able to have, okay, this is how I do my budgeting. This is how I, you know, the crew contracts that we have. This is how we do this. So having that system of even just the order that you do things in, Every project's going to be different, mm-hmm. but if you at least have that general idea, it can save you so much time. <laughs> so I think I wish I would have, you know, known more about that. Over the years, we've been able to create those kind of slowly over time and we're still working on it. But I think that's a huge part of the process. Are there any books, podcasts, YouTube channels that you found that focus maybe more on the producing aspect of filmmaking that are, have been good tools? I know I mentioned this earlier, but the Google Drive system has been a really good tool that I've absolutely loved using. And also just because it's free, you're able to, you know, um, work on that, collaborate with other people on that. It's been really helpful. As far as specific books or podcasts, I would almost say for me personally, I've learned more from other people and specifically going to them with my questions. But I would love to hear if there are any recommendations on books or podcasts. I'd be happy to to, you know, learn more from those as well. But for me personally, I've been able to just go to different people and ask them questions. How did you do this? You know, how did this process work for you? Um, And just having that like community of filmmakers that you can learn from, which I think is one reason why it's so great you're doing this podcast, Micah, is just because we're as producers going to be able to go or, or other filmmakers in general and just listen and learn from the different stories and the different uh, experiences others have been through. I know a lot of things that I have learned from, I've learned through Andrew, who's read a lot of different things. And the one book that I read that he loves as well is The Go-Giver. I think that applies to any business or any position, any crew position that you can be in is it not being about you, but about giving to others. And that's something I've learned a lot about is how can I think of my crew? How can I think of how um, the different things such as lodging or the amount of hours we work in a day, how that affects them and how it affects affects the team and also the story and the client, the project. Yeah, The Go-Giver has been a great, a great one in learning to think like that. Awesome. Definitely. It's, I've read the book 
definitely recommend it. And it's probably when I, it's about time I reread again. It's been a few years. Final question. What's one piece of advice you would give to someone that's just getting started as a producer? That is a really good question. I would say to anybody who, yeah, is just getting started in producing, I guess would be to put others first. And I know we talked about this a minute ago, but just you're really helping to serve the director's vision. And you're also serving your crew in a lot of ways. Um, And that's something that I've really had to learn and grow in, and I'm still definitely growing in, is the concept of just being able to think of others first and be there for them is huge, no matter matter what job you're working in. But I think especially as producer, you're the one who's leading the team. You know, you're you're planning everything out and how it's going to go and um, making sure that you're able to make others feel appreciated, whether that's just giving them a thank you card when it's done or making sure they have their favorite snacks available, right? So those details, just um, thinking of others and helping to, uh, yeah, help help to tell the director's story through that. Awesome. That's some awesome advice. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Producer Podcast. So thank you, Hannah, for coming on the show today. Thank you, Micah, for having me. And until next time, make sure to subscribe to the Producer Podcast. And thanks for listening.